we live, so I gotta start my song now. Are you ready to pod? <laughs> Are you ready to pod? Nobody's with me, man. I hate. I mean, I'm I never gonna ready to party, bro. Never yeah, thank with you, you, man. It's just weird that it's light out. Yeah, this is different vibes today. Definitely. Why is it usually? You usually it come late at night. Yeah. Well, it's not late for me. It's late for Eddie. It's like prime time. Yeah, this is this is go time for me right now. You know, but sometimes you make adjustments when you have uh, special people with you. That's you know? right. Oh, thanks, Eddie. Thanks, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Hey, thank you, bro. I know Appreciate I'm that special person in your life. Definitely not. You are, because you, you make this all run, man. But we got, we got other special guests, too. We do. But I think we should introduce what this is first. Yeah. This is the Industry Standard Podcast, episode six. Thank you for tuning in. If you like it, subscribe. Spotify, Apple Music, Google. Amazon, all of those. I'm Eddie Sanders. We got Jazz Captain here. The man on the boards is Don Julio. And we have a special guest. Do, 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 do. Special <laughs> guest. Do, 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 do. Special guest. Do, 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 do. <laughs> this is actually like the house that you built, though. So we, uh, it's only right that you're our first first guest. Man, I'm, I'm happy to be here. You know? Uh, <laughs> round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> Well, should we probably introduce him yeah. properly then, huh? Yeah. Properly, uh, Chris Classic, everyone. Hey. It's here in the building. What's going on, y'all? So what do we want to give you titles of? Manager, engineer, producer. Studio owner. Entrepreneur. Uh, all of the above, bro. Cool, all right. We'll just... You can just all of the above it. Do you know anybody in music that only has one title? That only does one thing? Oh, man. One title? So, it's funny because I, I always promote the fact that you should... Like worry about one thing at a oh, time. Hundred percent. I'm, I'm, I'm like tunnel vision, but I feel like in the the music industry, it's like there's so many outlets, and like as a creative, you want to explore all of that, and that's how I am as an individual, as a creative coming from Chicago. I always feel like, well, you know what? I'm gonna try to conquer this, but I'm gonna conquer this at this time. But then I want to conquer this, but I only want to conquer this at this time. So you see me, I'm not engineering anymore. Eddie, you used to see me engineer 60 hours a week. Facts. I used to record you. Yeah. Well, wait, you right? (laughs) Please, 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 please. This is a serious podcast. If you're ever on SoundCloud and you want to check out Mr. Goodbar, you might be in for a surprise. Who knows? Training camp, niggas, I'm playoff balling. Get the sweeping folk, check, ball in. Goodbar, bitch, I call that winning. I'm not dope. Bitch, you sinning. What? I'm done with this. I'm out. I'm out. I guess a rapper. I had a little career going, man. Yeah. Yeah, you just, you have to wear those mini hats, I guess. Well, I think part of it is because it's tough to make money in music, right? And because of that, you got to have side hustles. I mean, when I I deal with artists who are complaining they don't have enough money because their streams aren't making enough, it's like, well... Go get another job. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you, or or work harder until you can do that. But it kind of segues into yeah, the the, the Jay Z story. Somebody that went out and got some more side hustles. Right. Uh, shout out to Jay Z, first hip hop billionaire. Round of applause for that. Uh, we were talking earlier, and it was his music catalog only makes up seventy five million of that. So yeah. So you think billionaire musician? Well, that's from his recordings and his concerts and licenses and all that. But it, 
just a, a meager 75 million from, mm -hmm. from his music, which is nothing to laugh at, but it also shows how hard it is to make serious money in music. But it allowed him to do 20 other things that got his net worth up to a billion. Yeah, because it's almost like he was able to take that catalog and then do that deal multiple times with different brands, saying that I'm worth 75 million. So he kept multiplying that, making that bigger. And then a lot of the beverage money too. So he was smart enough to get in on the ground floor of that. Yeah. And because nobody knew about Duce before oh, yeah. he got involved with that. So he actually turned that brand into something. Yeah. He used his, his musical influence behind it. You know? P. Diddy model, right? Diversifying your portfolio. Exactly. That's all it is. Yeah, I don't I mean I don't think if you if you look at just regular business people, any of the billionaires only have one gig, you know? There's no way. Mm -mm. Seven streams of income. That's how you become a past a million. That's the Warren Buffett way of thinking. Yeah, you look at like a, a Dan Gilbert. A Warren Buffett. Yeah. So telling him like so if he's around all those people, he's just doing the same thing that they're doing. Exactly. Yeah. So use use music as uh, the vehicle to get to it is mm -hmm. is the point. Right, which is why we all have slashes behind our names, right. trying to get to that billion. Yeah. So then what is the stream worth? Oh, man. <laughs> Come on, Eddie. <laughs> no, but this is, you're now Big starting time. to see, like, music <laughs> is just becoming just the vehicle to push whatever you're trying to promote. Like, it used to be selling the music. Now it's like, let me get the music out there to sell you this different product. And I see it more with brands, because all they're doing is worrying about the collection of the information from the consumer. They don't even care about the music. They just use the music to collect the information and then make deals off of that. Yeah, but I mean, what's crazy is that the, there, I saw something that said that there's going to be 121 million people paying for streaming services in the U.S. by in 10 years. There's a shitload of people yeah. paying for music where they weren't in the past. So there's still tons of money to be made, but... It's just controlled by a very small group of companies, so it's still harder, and you know, it's still hard to make money as a musician. So you're right; you got to diversify. You got to do other things and use that, use your streams and use your uh, visibility to to make money else elsewhere. Do you see that? Uh, how do you bring that process to the artist you're managing? Just looking at like, all right, we're putting out this project because I think you guys do with the artists that you manage, you do a pretty good job of like the rollout and the promotion of the album and it's very all the marketing is very centralized around like what the album title is and then going from the album title and branching out we had uh even with the tour that you did with Smino we said it was the Hoopty tour and then the merch pop-ups were car washes mm -hmm. so it was like how did you who's what's that what's that creative process like as far as like okay now we have the album rollout what are these ancillary things around the music that helps is going to help drive it well let me pile on that too cuz cuz with that like are you when you're budgeting all of that are you thinking all right well we know we're getting this money from streaming or is that not even a thing mm, i'm i'm never thinking like that okay um just because at the end of the day it's like i want to just stay as creative as possible especially with what whatever we do. Because when you think too much, of course, in the back of my head, I'm thinking like, all right, well, I don't want to go too crazy just because I know that this might cost too much. And sometimes I might not nix an idea, but I'll just be like, you know what, let's put this to the side because I feel like that might be too much. That might be down the line idea. So in my head, whenever I'm trying to like, I, I create like a timeline in my head, like, all right, well, maybe we could do this today. And then... Maybe this idea we could do tomorrow. Maybe this could be five years from now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but when it comes to like rollouts and like 
all that. It just stems from from me and me just just talking. You know, at the end of the day, it's like I don't I don't necessarily put too much emphasis on the idea of like, all right, well, we need all of this. I'm just thinking of like, how can we create a bigger splash when we drop, right? Like, what? How can we make this relatable? How can we make this where people could like see something that's like, like that people know what it is? Like, you know, the car wash idea. Me, I was just literally when. So me and Smee, we were talking about the whole like. I, we, we didn't even have an idea of what the the tour was called, right. <laughs> and that took a while, you know. And all of a sudden, you know, like sometimes it might happen in the morning where he'll call me and be like, "Yeah, it's called this," and I'm like, "All right, cool." And then just the whole day, I'm just thinking to myself, like, all right, what can we put around that, you know? So, like, the idea stems from me, like, just deciding what it is. And then me, either me or Ron, the tour manager, or, you know, Henny, my partner, will just discuss amongst ourselves, like, how can we make this feel bigger, you know? So I had the idea of the car washes. Um, Smee had the idea of selling merch out of the trunks of cars. Um, for the stage, you know, like we wanted to make it feel like an auto shop. Um, just everything just to make it feel a little bit more cohesive. And then having all the merch look like, you know, just it just aesthetically needs to make sense. You know, just telling the story from top to bottom. Because at the end of the day, like that's what people follow. People follow stories. People follow that. They don't follow like numbers. They don't. They they care about the music and they care like all the other stuff. I like as managers, of course, we're 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 thinking about like, all right, how did how how did the the the, uh, the sales go? How did uh, the streams go? How are the plays doing? How like all that I'm paying attention to, letting Sme know like, hey, wow, you know, our, your engagement this time around with you know we just dropped the video yesterday, clink, and like the engagement was greater than what we did with Z4L, you know, and like. We think about those things to ourselves to see that, like, all right, the numbers don't lie. Everything is moving the way it needs to. But also trying to keep the creative side as, you know, away from that. So you're not even you're not basing your your successes off the numbers. You're like, I'm just like we want right. to see what the this engagement and the reaction is from the, the fans. The people, just yeah. thinking about the people. Because at the end of the day, you, you worry too much about, like, um, numbers 24-7. That's cool. Let that inspire you. But I want to just creatively make something that's never been seen before. Something that like will, like I said, like if I'm on inter- like on the internet or on IG or Twitter, I'm looking or scrolling, what causes me to stop? What causes me to like, you know, you don't look at the numbers. Right. You know, the numbers like- is like probably the last thing. You look at the picture first. Facts. You know what I mean? Like same thing with music. Like when you, you the first thing you see is the cover. Right. You see the name of the artist. That's the first couple of things you see. Yeah, especially for a new artist too, right? I mean, if yeah. somebody, if Chance puts something out, people know who Chance is. They're going to exactly. stop, right? He's built that because he's already done it. Yeah, yeah. I think that the numbers, like we have a lot of artists where you know you can you can mess with the algorithm and mm-hmm. you can get real numbers and real followers and, yeah. and and listeners and all that, but it doesn't mean that they're coming to your show. Yeah, and it doesn't mean exactly. that there's anything creative there, really. Exactly. It's like you played the system, which is cool, and now what are you going to do with it? Unless there's a management team and a creative team to go along with it, then cool, you made a little bit of money on Spotify. And that's it. Yeah, that team is super important. That's one of the reasons we wanted to have you in here, too, is because we, I appreciate from the outside looking in um, how things have been built around Classic Studios and also 
the management of Smino and not just your role in it, but like you said, you shouted out Henny, you shouted out yeah, Ron. It's team. It's team. And it sounds oh. and it seems like there's a lot of there's good communication and everybody knows their role. Mm-hmm. And when this was built, was it a okay, now I need to go look for this, or did the problem present itself and then you had to solve it? Or were you thinking ahead of ahead of time, like, okay, need to get this to a manager, need to have a creative director? Right, right. Or was it how which which came first? The- um at first I was everyone. Right. And you know, like at first you're 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 just thinking like to yourself, like how can you do the most in the beginning, right? And literally I was the business manager, tour manager, DJ, engineer, uh all of the above. Like I said, like, you know, we were talking earlier about like titles and stuff, like you could have just put all of that next to my name. <laughs> You know, but I again, like, so who said this? I think Rick Rubin said this. You don't, you don't get extra credit for doing everything. Like, it, it's not like, wow, all right, cool, that's fine. But it's just like, it's about like, how can you, how can you add to your team that adds that doesn't take away your job, but helps you you do your job better. Does that make sense? For sure. You know, like know your strengths and exactly. what you're good at. It, it's like. You know, when we brought up when we brought Henny in, it's because you know I knew that in the beginning, like I accepted the fact I don't know anything about this 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 business side of the music industry. Like hands on, like I started 2014. Smee asked me out of nowhere. We were in South by, and this is the first time we were gonna meet Henny, and he just asked me to be his manager. And you know, I didn't think anything of it. I, I was literally in where Don was sitting all the time. 60 hours a week telling you, like, doing hella sessions with everyone in the city just because, I, you know, I fuck with Chicago's creative scene, like, and that's the reason why I started the studio, and I'm still here. Yeah. No matter what, if I'm traveling the world, you'll see, like, on my IG, probably I might be in here <laughs> or there, and then, but the next day, where am I at? Right back here. Yeah. Right in here. Red room. Always. At yeah, Classic Studios, like, just because this is home this is home to me. You know what I mean? Like, everything I do is to go out there to bring back here. You know yeah. what I mean? Just because I feel like we need that. Like, why create more situations outside the city when we need the most situations right now? Definitely. We need the industry. We need the, we need the money here. I think we were talking about our last episode, just how to build that industry in Chicago and how to get— because we were bumping our heads on the fact of musicians— seem to be able to collaborate very quickly uh, and they can vibe and they but on the business side managers and lawyers well did and accountants ego oh yeah a lot of pride <laughs> yeah and a lot of uh a lot of segregation yeah. it's a lot of um a lot Up of people not out. working with each other it's like there's so much talent but imagine if the talent like worked like hey man let's work together you know what i mean like i work with everyone in the city Everyone could say that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'll have people who could say that for me. Like, I've worked with people from the suburbs to, like, you know what I mean? Like, south side of Chicago, everywhere, bro. Like, at the end of the day, it's like, how can—that's great and all, but how can you bring everyone together? How can you create situations that make people, like, create bigger infrastructure, create better business models, better—you know, like, we're all trying to just do things ourselves all the time and, like— I'm a firm believer of like, man, if I don't know it, let me work with somebody else so that we could build it together. I, mean, I, th- I think a big a first step 
is to realize that all of that exists here. It does. Right? There's that there's that misconce- misconception that you got to go to New York or you got to go to LA mm-hmm. to get in, you know, industry professionals that know what they're doing. I would say that you you might my fault for cutting you off, but um I I would say that you don't you you have to uh do it still. I I still go to New York because you know like that's still press city no matter what. All our press is done there. You know, brands, everything is out there. And LA same thing like all the labels are out there. Publishing's out there. And but again like how can you bridge that? Yeah, but I, my my point is that there are lawyers, there are managers, there are studios, yeah. there's talent, there there are I mean huge ad agencies. Everything is here in Chicago, and for somebody to come up through Chicago and be like, "Well, I got to go get a lawyer in New York, or I got to go get yeah, a," yeah, you're right. You know, that that I think that's the first step within Chicago to make people understand, musicians understand, and managers understand that those kind of people exist, you know, here, and then from there you start working with other people. But it's it is there are a lot of egos. Yeah. <laughs> not in this room though. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah of we're not to work together. <laughs> yeah, but that legacy of of you know New York or LA is just it's just that though. It's like legacy. It's debt for decades. It's been that way. So people, if they're just starting out, they're like, all right, I want to be an actor. I'm gonna go to Hollywood. You know. Like, yeah, I'm not saying you don't have to go there. Yeah. Like I'm going to LA next week. You right. know, I mean, you have to do it, but it doesn't mean that. I have to live there, yeah. right? <laughs> or that I can't use the infrastructure that's already here in Chicago or create it myself, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like we've all done. Yeah, so, but then pat, pat on the backs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we have to look at other infrastructures and how they were developed. You just look at, like, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You, re- you really have to say to yourself, sit back and say, all right, and force the money to come to your city. You know, you can't, we can go out to these other cities and do our things, do our Mm -hmm. press, go with these labels. But at the end of the day, when the checks are cut, we have to force the economy back to Chicago. And that starts with making sure the money circulates within the city. I am proud of Chicago, though. We've come a long way Mm -hmm. from just, you know, even 10 years ago where you guys weren't working together or you just wouldn't see people like cliques come together and stuff like that. So kudos to Chicago. I got a question for you, Chris. So, so how many how many artists do you manage right now? Um, I manage four artists. Okay, and when do you? Well, what's your criteria, right? Cause My criteria. I, yeah, because I get I question. get asked that a lot. Like, yeah. you know, we get asked to manage a bunch of different people. And as a lawyer, it's like, cool, you need legal work. I don't really care yeah. as long as you can pay us or we see potential in you and you're a good person. We'll take you on. Yeah. But as a manager, it's a it's an investment. Yeah, management. Um, is an investment slash like you you feel like you're you're the parent yes <laughs> and I feel like I got four kids right yeah. now you know but I think the criteria from criteria for me is let me see I gotta just feel you like I I gotta like one thing about somebody that all right this is my plan this is what I'm gonna do and all that. But I'm not really, like, I'm listening to what you're saying, but I'm essentially feeling, like, I'm working off how I feel. And that's how I, that's just how I operate at gut all react. times. It's all gut reaction. Like, I remember the first time Raven came in here, she was, like, what, 15? 15 years old? And she played me Greetings. And I remember sitting there listening and going, yo, this is 
crazy. This is the, like, I've never felt that way in such a long time. I had goosebumps hearing that song. And I told her, like, I just went up to her. I'm like, yo, you could record here anytime you want for free. I didn't ask for no damn masters. I didn't ask for no percentage splits. I didn't ask for any of that. Just because that's what Classic Studios is all about. Like, we care we care about building with people from the ground up rather than, like, why are we trying to create a business with people when there's no business there yet? Right. That's my biggest thing. <laughs> why are you trying to get 10% of, five, five, like, five, 500 bucks, bro? You want 50 bucks right now, bro? For real? Like, why don't you scale up? Why don't you think about how we could scale up together first? Instead of thinking, all right, well, I want every piece along the way. Lock it down. No. Man. You know how long it took me to, like, not even, I didn't even think that way with all the artists that I work with. And to this day, like, I don't ask them, like, I don't have, like, real contracts with the artists I work with. Uh-oh. Hey. I know it's bad. <laughs> I know it's bad. I'm the same way. I'm it's, it's, I know it's bad. but It's, it's bad, but it's like you have that trust. That I, trust. And, like, in the, man- the, with the one thing with the management agreement, I always feel like when you're like, oh, you have to sign to this manager for X amount of years. Like, that type of relationship should be free of, like, you know what? This isn't working anymore. Yeah. I can't be with you. So yeah. you shouldn't be, you shouldn't have to feel that locked into it. So with the manager, <laughs> if you have that relationship where you don't even need paperwork and you're like, yo, I'm riding with you, you're riding with me, let's uh, go. I mean, then, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I 100% agree. And the clients that I manage that, that are, like, long-term clients, I don't have any paperwork with. Yeah. The ones where I'm like, uh, I could see this going a little sideways. Maybe I shouldn't have taken them on in the first place, or maybe somebody underneath me is managing them. I got to I gotta get paperwork. Not necessarily because I'm with you. If, if it doesn't go well, I'm out. And if they don't want us to manage, I'm out as well. But if they fire you right before they're about to sign a major deal, and that is a deal that you brought to the table, yeah. you got to get the sunset yeah. clause in there. True. Sunset uh, clause. Sunset clause. Jim. Jim. My thing is the the people that I, cause you know I've been in the studio for what since two thousand six <laughs> to like what two thousand I think I stopped engineering what two thousand seventeen eighteen ish for those amount of times just being in the studio with creatives twenty four or seven I I understand them I think that's like one of my biggest assets yeah. as a manager is that I fully understand them I don't go into this game thinking to myself, like, I'm not like an ordinary manager shark. I could relate with all these other producers. I could relate with all these other artists just because I, I am you guys. You know what I mean? Like, I've been in that role, so I understand what you guys go through. And to me, it's like if if I feel like I have to create a contract with somebody that I work with, then it doesn't feel organic to me anymore at that point. It doesn't make me feel like... And that's just me. Yeah. Again, like not, I, I would not suggest this to anyone else. I know everyone operates completely different. Write your contracts. Do it. Do what you need to do with your own process. But for me, it's like, why? Why do I have to protect myself when, when I know that the relationship that I have with the people, I if it's strong enough, I don't have to like push that on. That's just me. But you know you're I mean? you're so right because I feel like the the what you said about why are you trying to do business when there's no business. To, there yeah, yet, my- like I can't tell you the number of contracts that we see that are the fifty percent production deal. Yeah, where it's like, man, why, why are you signing that? Yeah. Why are you signing that? Because somebody said they're going to pay your rent, yeah. or they're going to you know, introduce you to Kanye, or whatever it is. Fifty percent, and they own your career forever. You know, I yeah. mean, it's it's ridiculous. 
And that was an old school thing that happened in Chicago wow. years ago, but it's still happening. I mean, and it's definitely the, still happening. And then the terms are like so outrageous, 10 album deals. You're like, wait a minute. I, I'm looking through artist careers. I'm like, there's not that many that have even put out 10 albums. Who puts so, out? Yeah, yeah. what's yeah. an album, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like things have changed and the contracts are always slow. I mean, again, we have such a, a great name to this podcast because it's just like industry standard. That's what it is. And it's, fuck, it's bullshit. Sorry, mom. But it's it's total bullshit. Hmm. That it, it, yeah, I mean, it, we see it in publishing agreements. We see it in management agreements. We see it in production agreements. And there is no one way to do anything anymore with music. You know, and I think that's probably the biggest change that we've seen over the last 10 years. And we're starting to see more legislation as well that's starting to change, like these industry standards. I think you sent me that article. Uh, Department yeah. of Justice is going to look into the licensing rates and yeah. how they've been how they've been setting those rates because ASCAP and BMI are pushing back. So right. we already see that a change is coming. Yeah, it's crazy how, how music is now part of like the conversation in Washington because it's been silent for so long and I wouldn't think that a Republican administration would bring that stuff up but I'm glad that they are I think it's those new hip hop billionaires <laughs> <laughs> lobbyists man they all got got lobbyists Jay-Z is def they definitely smells like some Jay-Z action right here yeah yeah what else, what, else, what else is in the news that we want to bring in that uh, Chris well, we, comment on we have the, the Kawhi Leonard trademark which I think is pretty interesting uh if anybody's an NBA fan, we have Kawhi Leonard, plays with the Toronto Raptors. He was drafted in 2011 upon drafting with the Raptors, upon being drafted to San Antonio. He signed a deal with Nike, a licensed shoe deal. Um, came up with the logo, claw logo, because if we know Kawhi Leonard, he has very large hands. Was used the logo from 2011 to 2018 when he was under his Nike contract. He left Nike, is now signed with New Balance, and so now he's trying to get ownership of that trademark so he can use the claw logo with New Balance. thought it was interesting to bring up because it's about ownership of trademark and understanding, is it ownership, is it, or is it a license? Right. Um, and that's big for an artist as well. So if you own, do you actually own your name, or does the label own your name, or... Do you give the label the license to use your name? So in this situation, Kawhi Leonard is asserting that he owns the trademark. Nike is saying, no, you signed over all rights. We're actually in ownership. It wasn't a license. So now they're just doing that whole back and forth tango right now. Yeah. So just understanding as an artist, there's, I look at it as like three parts when it comes to the ownership. It's either that exclusive ownership. There's a, either a license or you're doing some type of administration. Administration meaning whatever that copyright is, whenever money comes in for it, I have the right to collect that for you. If I have the license to use this copyright or trademark, then that means I have the right to go out and secure deals for a certain amount of time. If it's an ownership thing, then flat out, I am now in ownership of it, and I'm probably going to pay you, the original creator of it, some type of royalty fee. Yeah, I think there's there's a, a, a important difference between copyrights and trademarks when you when you enter as a musician you enter into a recording agreement you you basically are kissing your copyrights goodbye right if it's a real recording agreement if it's a license deal like you said then you get them back at a certain point but they have the exclusive right to use them with a trademark trademark is something that you can associate with a good or service so like a a, brand, a band name right a band right. name is a trademark it's not a copyright and a lot of recording agreements will say that band name is owned by the label that signed you, which is, I mean, 
it's crazy right. that somebody could own your name, but they could, and they usually own the domain, the the domains and the social handles and all of that. And so it reverts back to the musicians once the contract is over. Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. I don't know with Kawhi's contract what it said, whatever he created during that time. Would they have the right to it? I, I can't imagine that they would. But yeah, and then as he's also asserting fraud. Uh, in the filing of the trademark, because when Nike filed the trademark, they filed it under Nike and yeah. not Kawhi. So that's another thing that labels will do as well. They'll yeah. set up the business structure for the artist, and they'll say, okay, we'll handle yeah. the trademarking process and all that, and you'll look up, and yeah. Warner owns the trademark to your name as opposed to you being the owner. But it is it is important, and like this is something that you should have contracts with your musicians, is that they should, when, as soon as they start performing on a major stage and they're they're touring and they're putting their name on albums or whatever it is or merch you should get a trademark because if you then sign with somebody that's just more leverage you have like hey i've already got this i've got value in it if you want it you got to pay me for it so it's something that most artists should do as they start moving forward with their career and it's not super it's not super expensive not at all so we got sunset claws and we got Trademark registration. Oh, I'm dropping tons Job, of gems. A lot today. of gems. Okay. We're going to need a broom in here later. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Chris, what's next, man? What's, what's next for Classic Studios? What's next for Smino? Where are we moving? Uh, there's, a, there's a lot. I'm excited for it. Everything's all in my head. Like I, I'm trying to bring them out one by one. But it does feel like I'm juggling a lot of things. But I love them. I love everything that I work with. I love everyone that I work with. And just my what's next is, you know, of course, just building out the studio a lot more. Um, Really make this an incubator for for the city. Um, Just because it's always been like that since the beginning. You know, I've never seen this place as just like a recording studio. I've seen it more as a, I've seen a lot of people come in here and figure out what they needed to do and then go crazy. And it's never been just me telling them like, all right, well, I feel like this is what you have to do. I give them the tools and then I share some form of whatever knowledge I have, I feel. And then they take it and run with it. And I've seen a lot of people come out these doors, you know, kind of graduating. It kind of feels like college. Yeah, I was just thinking about it. If you had like that Suge Knight mentality, you could have <laughs> locked up a, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, I could have locked <laughs> up a lot of, uh, but, but, then again, but then again, that's not like my... Yeah, but then we wouldn't have the same result of the music that they created exactly. because they, they had the, doors, the freedom to do what they the did. The doors do. would be a lot closed. It would just feel more like GMO'd music. Yeah, I, I call it GMO music. Like Monsanto where, music. Where the doors are just closed and the rooms are, are small and then you're just sitting there going like, I have to create, I have to create instead of being like, I want to create, you know? So like, I never force, like even the engineers who work here, you know you you know that, Don. I tell everyone in here, I don't go, yo, you guys need to bring in work. I go, you, you, let's figure out how we could get work. <laughs> you, walk, you walk in, you talk to Classic, you tell them like, hey, we need to sit down. You like, hey, I got this problem, and he'd be like, hmm. Yeah. So what do you think you should do? And you'd be like, you answer your own question. He'd be like, what? Yeah. You walk out like <laughs> flip it on him. Why did I, why did I just like, answer that? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's what's necessary, though, right? You look at it from a different angle. Yeah, and I, I'm just such a firm believer of like, you can't. I can't be the person who has the answers, but I'm gonna help you get closer to it. 
I'll be the person to like kind of guide you to to getting it because at the end of the day, like I'll have a template for myself, but it's not going to necessarily work for everyone. My template and how I lived my life is not going to work for you, you or you, you know what I mean? But at the same time, it could be used or 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 kind of like get inspired off of and then you could stem from there. You know what I mean? But I will always share my knowledge no matter what. I will share whatever I have. I will share my resources. I'm never the person to just shut off and be like, why am I going to share this with you? You could be a random person inside the, the lobby and I'll tell you everything about my life and, then, <laughs> and I'll tell you everything. Whether they asked or yeah, not. Yeah, I'm going to, I have an example. This is a perfect example. Omar pa- Apollo. You, you guys know this guy? Yeah. Omar Apollo from Indiana. So this guy, this kid, came, I think I, I met him at a Starbucks, but he, he, he was a fan of Smino and Monty, the people I work with and stuff. And he, he's heard the studio too as well. And he just came up to me. He was like, man, yo, I'm a big fan. Like he gave me his, his, his poster and everything. And he, uh, he was like, yo, can you give me some advice? I'm like, bro, you're doing it right now. Like just, just get the people and everyone else will come to you. Just work on the music and get the people. That's all it is. That's the first step. Don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about trying to get a manager. Don't worry about none of that. Worry about the people first. And then he did that. The next year, I see him. He's at Apple and he's performing. Or not even Apple. I saw him at a, what is it called? Rubio Fest? In Pil- is it Pilsen? Or I forgot where it was. It's some park. Um, and I seen him perform. I'm like, man, I'm a big fan of his music. So I IG story him. And I didn't even think, like, it was the same kid that I met a year before or two years before. And I IG story him, and then he DMs me. He's like, bro, I didn't even know you were there. I'm like, how do you even know me? (laughs) And um, I text him, and he was like, and I had his number. And I'm like, oh, my God, bro. And then he told me, like, the whole thing. And I'm like, whoa, this is is crazy. And like I said, like, I will share anything with anybody— as long as it gets anyone to where they need to be. Because I feel like we worry too much about ourselves too much, about like us getting to that next step. But we don't realize that everyone around us is trying to figure out that same thing. But let's share what we have as much as we can because if they win, it does, that, that, that's, a, that's a win for any, everyone else. Why, why does it have to be an L for you? Right. You know what I mean? Like a W for someone else is not an L for you, man. That's that the ego and then competition. I have zero. Like I have a slight ego, but it's never that malicious. It's never that. It's always my ego is to like. I always want to help people. You know what I see though? It's because you have you have creativity inside of you. Mm -hmm. You're a talented person, and you see less ego in the people that are. I'll give this information away because I know I can replicate it again. I'm not worried about what somebody else does with my ideas because it's I have multiple ideas. I have yeah. more where that came from. Right. You know, True. people that right. hold on to things, that, that, yeah. they're like... Yeah, or you're established already, right? Yeah. Like, you've already done it. It's not like somebody else doing it is going to hurt you, yeah. right? Like, why not share that information? Yeah, I've helped other people build studios in Chicago. Why would another studio owner help another person <laughs> build a studio? I did that four times. No shit. Yeah. That's still dope. But then, uh, also one of those other studios I built out, I actually worked in, was for SZA. And that put a plaque on your wall, right? I put a plaque on the wall. So. But that was just, like, again, like, I I also see it, too, like, where people will will come in, get the knowledge, and then just, like, move forward and then just do what they got to do with it. I just don't ever want to be the person to, like— all right, well, I I helped you out. Where's my where's where get where's my give back? Yeah. 
Because you know, you're not actually supposed to get it back. They're supposed to pay it forward to the next person, exactly. essentially. So exactly. Damn, that's gem number three. We got a safe, a safe full of gems in here. <laughs> gem number three. Yes. Feel good. It's feel good. No, yeah, man. It's because the sun's up right now. We right. gotta start. We gotta start recording with the sun up. I feel like I've been telling you that. Yeah, it's my bad. <laughs> but no, that's true. It's very true. It's like you. It needs to stem from some someone or some some like just it needs to stem from somewhere where people feel like it's okay to to help the next person. It's okay to like it's not gonna ruin where you're at in your career. No, you it's know? only gonna help. I mean, exactly. I you know like I started doing stuff at South by years ago because it brought exposure to all the artists that I was mm-hmm. working with, but then it also, it helped me, right? Like yeah. by them moving forward, I'm moving forward with them. Yeah. Same thing, we're doing the podcast for the same reason. Exactly. Free knowledge. Spread knowledge. Sponsored by? Songfish. <laughs> <laughs> and box water. Box water is better. <laughs> no, but uh, so real quick, we had another story that I saw that was pretty interesting. We have Universal Music Group, partnering with uh, AI company Super Hi-Fi to pretty much enhance listening experience, as they say, for the consumer, make it a little less congested on the playlist, make the playlist a little more cohesive. Um, But all this is really algorithm-driven. Just beating the algorithm. Yeah. Yeah, I read the headline, and I'm like, oh, man, they're going to start creating robot music right that i mean which there's already technology for that that matches the top hits mm-hmm. and all that bs but like but yeah apparently with playlists there can be people will tune off or sign off or do something else because the next song isn't in line with their taste or there's a break between the music like these milliseconds that eventually add up and because the future of music is playlists or it's not even the future it's the present I don't know how much they bought that company for, but I'm guessing it was a good a good chunk. And I don't think the consumers will ever even know. Right? Right. It's not going to be something that's supposed to make we'll your experience know, better. But it all gets down to that collection yeah. of the information. I don't think they really care about. They're, and they're pretty much they're putting this together based upon all the information they've been collecting right. with through through streaming, which is interesting because as artists, they don't really see those numbers, so they can't really know exactly what their consumer looks like. So now we're looking at this algorithm robot-driven playlist because the big labels have been able to collect and they actually can build the perfect consumer. They can say, okay, this is what that 18-year-old kid that goes to Lane Tech is going to listen to now Mm -hmm. based upon. But it's just number-based, and I don't know. It's crazy because it's important, too, for developing artists, right? If you get somehow in the algorithm and you get paired with, oh, this guy, if he likes Drake, he likes this artist and then you start swimming up that stream with that algorithm and the AI's in there to say all right well people that like Drake like this dude then all of a sudden this guy's got a chance but I mean it's scary it has nothing to do with really with taste you so know? are we embracing this technology as, as new artists do we embrace it or do we fall back from it and think of, of different ways of transmitting are you asking me I'm just throwing it out. I just throw it out there. Just I mean, like, I think Chris, you already said it. Like that, that like you're looking for the experience. The music is just a vehicle to get there. So, like, if you, you know, because the song goes on my playlist, am I going to go to that guy's show? Am I going to buy merch? Probably not. You know, maybe I check out the rest of what his music sounds like. But it, you still have to get fans, or else you're not making any money, right? Like, true. They're not going to buy tickets. They're not going to buy merch. So basically, there, this program will. 
just help with putting the playlist in together? Yeah. Is that what it is? They're, they're supposed to be helping, like, take away all the clutter we have with these sites. Remember we were saying earlier? Yeah, yeah, You jump on Spotify and you're like... Yeah. You're lost. Yeah. You're completely lost. I, I, I definitely feel like that. I feel like <laughs> Spotify has become, like, going to a library and there's, like, a lot of books. Yes. And, and you like, don't, don't know, know the Dewey Decimal System. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I remember there was a stat. It was, like, they dropped, like, 30,000, I think, songs a day now. Yeah. 30,000 songs a day? 30,000 songs a day? Like, how... What am I supposed to go through? Like, even with the big artists that I, like, see that I'm big fans of, like, Flylo to, like, you know, Steve Lacey, all these people just dropped projects, like, the last two, three weeks, and I didn't know, or I didn't even get a moment to even, like, try to listen to it because it's too much. It's like I'm being hit at, like, all at once I'm a lot of music. <laughs> and to go back to, to, to this AI weird situation, um, I wouldn't call it weird. It's just we don't know what it is yet. But it's just what, what, what are we, I don't know, to me, like what, what, what is that going to do for the artists that I work with? Like I, it's just, they're going to add them to, like, is it like kind of like a similar to? Yeah. I think like, yeah. Basically, I think but it's only going to be for universal artists though. Yeah, well, so yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying like so. It's like indie artists won't be able to like fall under this uh, new playlist thing. So they're we'll just be, they're doing it for more exclusive yeah. to this. So if you like this universal artist, then we're gonna bump up this new signing or uh, whatever. Which is weird though. They already they own most of the playlists already. Yeah. If you think about it, like when Rap Caviar drops, all it is is from the big three on those songs, right? So yeah. what are they gonna be doing now with this? Like. Uh, they're just trying to collect more information, man. Skynet yeah, all over that's again. That's all it is. Yeah. Data. Data is, is money. We need to come out with Skynet records and just scare everybody. <laughs> 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 like, we don't even care about the music. We're just here to create robots and algorithms. Let's go. No, it's been super dope, though. I'm glad we got a, got a chance to have Chris in. We have been talking back and forth for like, all right, we got to get guests in here. Who's going to be that guest to kick it off? And I think we chose a good one. Um, yeah. With the podcast, we were just trying, we're trying to spread knowledge and try, try and build this infrastructure here in Chicago and also just educate creatives. So I think your message is, is right in line with that, like removing the ego, sharing the information, making sure that you're helping the next man out. I think more people need to know that and need to move like that within this industry. So thank you for what you bring to the industry and thank you for your service, you know? That's it. I, I don't know. Oh, I thought you, else. Pop, thought you had something. Well, I just saw up. something just popped up about R. Kelly, but I'm not going down that, <laughs> that, that rabbit <laughs> yeah, hole. We'll, we'll We've been there before. Yeah, so uh, this episode was brought to you by uh, Boxwater is Better, Songfinch, Classic Studios, and this cool Pharrell book. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs>